Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, the interception. Say what needs to be said. Now, man, let's talk about the Hall of Fame. You know, y'all saw the game. You know, we saw the introduction. You know, all that was great. You know, congrats to all those, you know, that made it to the Hall of Fame. You know, I know it's a proud moment for everybody. Salute to everybody. You know what I mean? If y'all don't understand why I'm here and why I go so hard, I'm here. I'm advocating for the future players. People want to know what does it take to get into the Hall of Fame. That's all we're here for. We want to know what does it take to get in the Hall of Fame. We, it, it's, it's no, it shouldn't be no secret. Is it a secret society or something? You know, put it out there. Let everybody know what does it take to get to the Hall of Fame because, you know, it's confusing. A guy like me, that's that's a curious guy. I want to know. You know what I mean? So let me let me let me talk to y'all a bit. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me surprise y'all, right? Now, this is something, like I said, I, I deal with facts and, you know, a little bit of opinions, but I deal with facts, right? So Deion Sanders, right? First ballot Hall of Famer, right? We all know Deion's um, resume, his career, outstanding, you know, one of the best to ever do it, if not the best to do it, you know, all that good stuff, right? But let me tell you something. Deion Sanders retired in 2001, just abruptly from the Redskins. He had a good, great contract, um... He had just signed there. He played one year, then he just abruptly retired, right? 2001. When he retired, I think he had like 47 interceptions or something. He was under 50, right? Then he comes back out of retirement in 2004 and joins the Baltimore Ravens. And then he, I think he gets like five interceptions in two career in um, two years, and then he gets over 50 interceptions. I was curious because I, I, I always thought it was 50 to get – into the Hall of the Fame. But, you know, a lot of people don't just have, don't have 50. I mean, it's 40, you know, 44, 45 is the number. I was always curious, when Deion Sanders came out of retirement, did they tell, did the media tell him he needs to have over 50 interceptions to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I, just a question. It's nothing else. Like I said, I'm a guy just searching for answers. If that is so, the amount of disrespect the NFL is putting on the legends that came before us is crazy. If Dion had to go through that to be a first round, a first ballot Hall of Famer, come out of retirement, that would be crazy. Now, I'm saying I'm just I'm just researching. I'm just asking. It's just a question. You know what I mean? So let's move on a little bit. Right. So now we're on Twitter. I'm scrolling through, you know, me doing my thing like I always do. And I see Rich Eisen read a tweet. Or actually, it comes from the NFL. You know, he's talking about the Hall of Fame and all that good stuff. On his tweet, he says, and he was basically talking about how this 2009 season propelled Revis to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. And me, curious guy I am, like I said, so is that all you need to be a Hall of Famer? You just need one good, great year to be a Hall of Famer? Because I got plenty of great years. So that's my question. We need to know for the future, these young men want, and what is going to be considered a great year. So we're here. We want to know, right? Hey, hold on. Pause, pause, pause. Whoa, pause, 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 pause. Speaking of Mr. Revis, Mr. Revis, I accepted your challenge. You called me out on a boxing match. And I thought we was going, you know, going there and have a little fun. Just, obviously, you called me out on a boxing match. You must have some boxing history. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching the... The Hall of Fame and inductees and, and stuff like that. And you pop, pop up on the screen. Please, y'all look at this. Now, Revis, you really want to, you really called me out and you know the shape you in. And you, were you serious or you was just trolling? 
I'm gonna take that as you was just trolling, Regis. You don't really want to fight. You didn't want to. I mean, not fight. There's no beef. Like I said, you don't really want to get in that boxing ring. Yeah, you might can still be strong, and you might throw some haymakers. But how long could you last looking like that? You know what I mean, my brother. You know what I mean. So it's all just fun and games, man. Shout out to Reeves. You know, I know it was a proud moment for you, but again, let's look at this picture. Let's not talk about boxing now, you know what I mean? But all good, man. But uh, back to this Hall of Fame stuff, right? Uh, like me, all, all we can do is compare to see what we come up with and and, and, and and try to figure this thing out. That's all we can do, right? So I'm going to talk about uh, a couple players. You got John Lynch. He's a safety uh, in the Hall of Fame. Brian Dawkins. He's a safety in the Hall of Fame. And then you got Ray Lewis, hands down, one of the greatest linebackers to do it in the Hall of Fame, right? But I want to talk about some players that's not in the Hall of Fame. We got Rodney Harrison that's not in the Hall of Fame. Rodney Harrison, if you don't understand, this dude is a monster on the field. I think it was either him or Ray Lewis was the first to have 30 for 30. If he wasn't the first, he's the second or the third, meaning 30 interceptions and 30 sacks. John Lynch don't have that, and my boy Brian Dawkins don't have that. But Ray Lewis does have that. Now, if that's not first ballot Hall of Fame material, then what is? That's all we're doing is asking. Now, if it's something technical, whatever to deal with, for people not being in the Hall of Fame or whatever, you know, that's none of our business, or maybe you should put it out there so we can know. But 30 for 30, 30 interceptions and 30 sacks. Let me understand what you, what I'm telling you. Rodney Harrison is not in the Hall of Fame, and he is one of the first, if not the first, to have 30 interceptions and 30 sacks. This is crazy, right? So now, another one that I, I think should be in the Hall of Fame. London Fletcher. Now, London Fletcher. Every player know when you play it against London Fletcher, the offense, a game plan, the offense would tell you that we could try our hardest, but he's going to be in on every tackle. London Fletcher led the league in tackles plenty of years. He was a tackling machine, and that's what you're supposed to do, tackle and make plays. And he was doing that. Show London Fletcher. Um, let, me, let me put the stats up there. And I'm going to just compare in a little bit and, and, and see. This is what we get. But he's not in the Hall of Fame. That's another one. I'm going to touch on a couple more players. Eric Allen has over 50 interceptions. A Philadelphia Eagle. And Troy Vincent. He's right there at 47. These are two people that should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't understand why Troy Vincent sees in the media. He's an NFL uh, PA, whatever. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? We want to know what does it take. That's all. I know they had great a great season. You know, I I know I had a few of them. And then one last one. You know, got Ken Riley, Florida boy. R.I.P. to Ken Riley, man. Shout out to his family, man. Condolences. And had 65 interceptions at the safety position. Now, you mean to tell me we got to wait till we dead and gone to be in the, in, in the Hall of Fame and we have 65 interceptions? You mean to tell me that? Ain't a game changing. He is blowing other safety stats out by, by double. This is 65 turnovers by one man. And now he can't even celebrate this while he's alive and doing well. Man, this man, we got to fix this. All we want to know is the criteria. That's all we ask for the criteria. Whatever it takes to get into the Hall of Fame. That's all we asking. We don't want to guess if we're a Hall of Famer. We don't want to wait to see, see if somebody's going to pick us. Because we know man let us down in life. We're not worried about man. We want to know facts. Because somebody could feel a certain way about you. They might not like your swag. They might not like the way you act, the way you walk, the way you talk. Because I know a lot of them didn't like the way I walk and talk. 
Because I talk that shit, and that's how I'm going to always be. You know what I mean? Y'all getting a Sante Samuel. All my thoughts before I had a podcast that I used to talk with everybody. Now I'm just letting it out in, in, the, real, in the real world on the podcast. This is who I am, and this is how I deal every day with my friends. And we talk, we talk about facts, we talk about life. But this is, we want to get down to the bottom. We're going to move on from that. I want to talk about some financial things in the, in the sports world. We're going we're gonna to talk about finances in the sports world. Disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor. I am not a financial specialist. I'm just giving some advice. That's it. Disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor. So, yeah, I, I see a lot of athletes talk about what they did with their first check, right? And me... I'm going to tell you what I did with my first check. My first check, well, let's back up, back up. I hear a lot of athletes saying, you know, they bought them on my house. They regret it. They was doing a lot of things for people um, and they regret it. You know, as they get older, they understand. When you first get your check, people think they're just supposed to just spend all this money on the people. No, you have to make sure yourself is straight first before you want to help other people or take care, take care of other people. Yes, you can help, but you always need to make sure yourself is straight first, meaning the athlete. Now, in my, uh, this is how I viewed it when I got into the NFL. And this is my advice to athletes. You got to accumulate assets, right? That's the thing. You got to accumulate assets. And you got to understand and establish the difference between liability and an asset. So when I got in the NFL, you know, I, I had, a, I did a, I do, I do another one. How I talked to my financial version, and I had to learn about stocks and bonds and all that good stuff. But when I got in the NFL, every $100,000 I saved, I would buy a municipal bond, a tax-free, AAA-rated municipal bond. And that was my goal. I just was trying to stack them things up every $100,000, just keep buying municipal bonds. I'm a fourth-round pick, right? I'm only making $225,000 a year. So I'm, my budget is tight. I'm, I'm big bar and stealing around there. You know, I furnished my whole house from Walmart with $5,000. The TV, the cups, the furniture, the towels, everything. I'm, I'm not lying. This is the truth. You know, that's how I, I looked at it. So, you know, and then, and then that, that's the easy part, the season, because you, you got your money and then you're busy. You got all these games. So you can probably spend a little bit of money, but now you got the off season. That's when it's really going to take an effect. And that's when you have all the free time and all the money to spend in the world. So now I make it to my first offseason. I'm a Super Bowl champion. I'm a Super Bowl champion. And I got to come home and live in a hotel. I'm a Super Bowl champion. I got to come home and live in a hotel. My mama had filed for bankruptcy two times and she is evicted. Out of I don't even know. She kept everything a secret. She was great at not letting nothing be known that something is wrong. I'm coming home to a hotel. My mom is evicted for the fourth time. Third, fourth, fifth time. Guess what? She filed bankruptcy so she can't even get an apartment. She can't even qualify. Thank the Lord. I made it to the NFL at that time. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what, what could we have done. I'm coming fresh out of college. I have no experience in life. So... Sometimes you don't understand the situations that some of these athletes are in. We come from, we coming from, from almost nothing. Like we, we didn't have any assets. My mama had no assets. Let's check the check. So sometimes we have to do more than people think we have to do for, 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 for our loved ones. I didn't have a choice. What? I didn't, I didn't buy myself a house or a place to live. I was coming home to live with my mom. I was using my Super Bowl money, my ticket money my playoff money, and was able to buy a condo 
for my mom. And, you know, the rest is history from there. The God blessed me, and I'm so thankful for that. But that's my story. Like, and that's, you know, a lot of people's situations they're dealing with. Like, you don't know. And, and it's easy to stay a course while you're in the season. But remember, that offseason is a beast. And it's coming. All the interception, man. We would say what needs to be said. Salute. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.